1: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
2: You're listening to the Jason Tails Outdoor Podcast, where when you can't be in the outdoors, we bring it to you. All right, guys, out here loading up the truck. Uh, We're going to start a new series called Deer Camp Diaries. It's going to be a new tradition. Uh, Whenever I go for overnight hunts or multi-day hunts, you know, kind of getting on the road and going and doing things, I'm going to do an audio log as I go, morning and evening, preferably, if something really notable happens. I'll try and jump on midday. Uh, these are going to be recorded on my phone. I also have a headset that I'm going to try so the audio quality kind of may bounce back and forth uh, during the episode. Obviously, that only happen for the first time, and once we work the kinks out of this uh, whole setup, uh, I'll find a consistent way of doing it, whether that's all on the phone, whether that's all on the mic uh, conditionally, we will figure it out. Uh, but either way, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and capture step-by-step step as this happens. I'm going to do it honestly and truthfully so that you guys see a progression. Uh, if it happens, if the pressure kicks me in the teeth, then you'll see that if I make a mistake, you're going to feel, hopefully feel the emotion uh, behind that and the, uh, excitement that should come if I actually pull the trigger or get close. So uh this this is uh for the patreons specifically you know you guys have made this awesome uh this season has been awesome this trip is uh being paid for uh, largely by you guys the gas bill getting up uh at, going out of state is is uh you know being offset by you guys and i keep telling you we're going to do more and more things we're doing live podcasts we're traveling to meet people we're doing more trips and this is one of those creative ways where we're going to build on that and i'm going to document things from a first person perspective here there won't really be much of a dialogue this will probably be a short podcast in its total i bet it's going to be somewhere i don't know 25 to 30 minutes long and uh, after that probably chase and i will jump on the horn break things down maybe uh maybe you know go into a little more detail about things post-mortem and, uh, kind of see what's up. But, uh, I just want to say huge thanks to all the Patreon subscribers. Uh, the Patreon hunt is coming up and I'm looking forward to hanging out with you guys. Looking forward to sharing my first ever deer camp in a very long time. Uh, and I, I just, I just think it's going to be an awesome time. So, uh, I'm not going to labor this or belabor this very much longer. I am going to pack up, get ready for bed. Uh, actually I'm going to pack up. And get on the road because I got to go up there tonight. Three days to hunt, peak rut, terrible, terrible weather conditions coming, but we're going to make the most of it because whenever you get a quota hunt, you get after it. So see you guys on the other
0: side. Well, everybody's getting up. It's the first morning at deer camp. It's kind of like a duck shoot where once the first truck gets up, First hum of a diesel, everybody else starts getting up and going. Got up here, and it's about 44 degrees this morning, which is about 20 degrees cooler than it was supposed to be when we first started like monitoring the weather about 10 days ago. So that's good. I'm gonna get up, make some coffee, give the gear once over, and I guess get ready, man. Feeling pretty good about it. Be interesting to see uh, see what the woods are like this morning. I left my jacket at the house, which sucks, but uh, this is the only real cold morning—cool, cold, whatever you want to call it. The plan is to hunt the southern side of a couple bedding areas. Try and catch some bucks coming cruising through that area. We'll see how that plays out think it'll work out. But there's so many people out here, it's going to have deer up and moving the whole time. Kind of a kind of like a dove shoot, but a little better. So, keep you guys posted.
3: Well, ladies and gentlemen, day 1 is in the books, and what an eventful day it was. And I got to my spot well early, um as always on these kind of hunts, you you have people who you know, blow out first day of camp with enthusiasm. They got a big buck on camera or their buddy told them about something or they're just dreaming big. and I, I was one of those maybe 12 people, the first 12 people leave camp and uh, it was pretty night. It was a pretty night. Tried to get some sleep. It was difficult. I got there very late and uh, didn't anticipate the rain that we had. And so the the situation that I brought for camping wasn't wasn't suitable so I had to sleep in the back of my truck and that's fine it works out just fine but you kind of have to be prepared for it and I didn't have all the necessary tools I needed uh, to make that a seamless experience so last night kind of sucked but uh got up this morning got in the bottom got right where I wanted to be man just found good rut sign on the way in got there and uh found a good tree got up quiet got up quick and uh had had deer blowing through uh you could hear it he's just running that bottom man just doing his thing chasing a doe back and forth and back and forth to my west and had a good strong north wind i expected them to be west and then north of me uh, everything to the south and the east was thicket and downwind about 30 minutes to the end of shoot or er, to the beginning of shooting light, I had a gentleman come down the same trail I came, and I flashed him off, and I flashed him off, and he got about 40 yards away, and turned around and left, and I thought he was going to do the right thing, only to have him turn around and come back down the trail, walk 20, 25 yards underneath me, refused to speak to me, proceeded to climb up into a climber and face me. And uh, if that wasn't dangerous enough, there was a deer coming through the, the, the thicket, my northeast and right about the time I I made a mistake in hindsight I made a mistake and I called to that deer to get him to uh, turn and come to me he was kind of moving to the southeast and he would have got downwind of me and so I called hoping that I could cut his route a little shy that even if he went downwind of me there was a fair amount of opening he'd have to step into and uh that thing turned on a dime but he said to heck with the wind and cut between myself and the other hunter and he shot the deer, nice eight point, and uh, that had me that had me a little bewildered. I'm not gonna lie to y'all, I was I was depressed, kind of kind of gutted, frankly, because I had done everything I needed to, put myself in the position, done a lot of e scouting, picked a good spot on the map, had some friends confirm it for me after I'd picked that spot, and uh, had some dude who decided he wanted to hunt the spot where he had left his climber the day before more so than he wanted to honor how public land works where first person there's first person gets it you know there's no reservations on public land doesn't work that way except for this fellow thought the rules don't apply to him so more on that later but we're gonna let that dog lie because i still can't uh can't let go of that so uh i decided to stay in the tree because the thicket he was at and facing was was kind of the wrong wrong direction i had those those deer doing everything to the east in the thicket to the left of me about 20 30 yards which was a safe shot not east of me west of me which was a safe shot because he wasn't in the way and he was being quiet and and i so i sat there till about nine thirty when when my buddy calls me and and tells me he shot a really nice funky deer and boys let me tell you not only did that put wind in my sails, it kind of rejuvenated my spirits because I needed some good mo- good, good juju at that point in time. And he shot a once-in-a-lifetime bucking. I- I'll post photos of it for you guys to see. But but think of like a 1970s candle, or lamp rather, not candle, where it kind of has a fat bottom, it curves inward, and then it kind of curves back out and then curves inward again, kind of like a genie bottle almost. And, um... That's what this buck does. He's a five, four-point officially, five-point unofficially. His rack is all kinds of jacked up, but it's got incredible mass, and he's a mature deer. I mean, I think this deer was every bit of three and a half years old. It was larger in the nose and the body than most other deer that I saw uh, at camp that day, um, or today. So uh, with that, we, we drug that joker out. It was a long, doggone drag gutted it got some so we got some food in our belly and about two o'clock we decided it was time to roll out we were gonna see what we could strike off and do that afternoon and and we got into some fun man we went back into this bottom this thicket um, where you kind of had a couple bedding areas you had the bedding area to the west that i had hunted previously that morning you had a bedding area in the middle And with all the racket he was making, this this fellow was just every five minutes towards the end of the sit, just clacking his antlers together like this was a Midwest whitetail. We decided those deer might shift to that middle bedding area. And so we we busted up in there and there was about a 75 yard, 100 yard wide slough between the middle and the, and the Eastern bedding area. And, uh, he set up on one side, I set up on the other side and we had a, a due South wind. So, at this point, the wind has shifted to the south for the for the rest of the day. And our thinking was that, you know, you can set up on the north side of either one of those bedding areas and catch anything moving through. And, uh, again, we had a dude somehow manage to backdoor us. I still don't know how he did what he did to get there. And you just hear, oh, we never heard him climb down. So, it might have been real. It's it's possible it could have been real. But you heard it, you know, three or four, meh, you no know, doe bleats. You heard some grunting, and I, and you heard antlers smacking. Um, never saw a headlamp at dark. Never heard the guy climb down. And it stopped after about an hour. You know, Most hunters, I don't think, would stop, you know, pick pick the middle of the day and make the noise and then stop. So I, I don't know. Maybe it was a hunter. Maybe it wasn't. We climbed down and uh, reassessed. And uh, that, that's the end. We're going to cook some steaks, eat some good food, Kind of fill some, fill some calorie deficits we've had for the day. We're dog tired. That's the end of day one, ladies and gentlemen. I appreciate you tuning in. I hope you like this uh, little segment I'm putting together. I kind of like it myself. It's a nice little audio diary. So, day one's in the books. Got three days to hunt. All right, fellas. Didn't do an intro this morning. I apologize. I'm I exhausted. I <laughs> could not sleep last night. I'm sleeping in the back seat of my Nissan and it is not exactly what i need even though i'm a halfling man it's fine it's suitable but good lord and the early starts to the day and the long nature of the evenings is killing me but anyways day two we started the day off by going back over to that to to that area that marty killed his deer which was this beautiful pine flat that meets a, a swamp bottom full of white young white oaks um full of a lot of uh, like leafy, woody brows that these deer really like, some bedding areas back in that area. It's an area that I hunted last year and shot uh, shot my buck last year that we didn't recover. Uh, I don't know if you, you may recall the, the podcast and the video, but uh, I put him in the exact same spot because it's, it's one of those areas that's just an annual producer for sure. Um, so went back in there and we spread out, had a lot of hogs come by uh, mid-morning, and I uh, thought they were going to linger long enough for, or not mid-morning, but right before shooting light. And we thought they were going to linger for a while. And just as shooting light came up, those jokers got into the thicket and stayed there. And right right before I could see into that bottom, I had a buck come through grunting. And uh I don't know what it was. But after that, the woods were dead quiet. And And we spent the better part of the morning just sitting in the tree trying to reassess what we wanted to do, texting each other. And... <sighs> Uh, you know, Marty had bought a climber, but he didn't have any straps, so we kind of had to redneck rig a ratchet strap, which, you know, it ain't exactly ideal, but he was starting to get a little tired, and I got a little tired, and so we were trying to figure out if we were working too hard, or if we were working smart, and so we decided to call it early that morning, go back to camp, get some food in our gut, and, and kind of just reassess, and we had some buddies come by camp, and we talked about some different things, and got to looking at a map, and we saw we could backdoor an area fairly easy um, from the north that we had been eyeballing uh, and and thought we couldn't. And uh, just the habitat had shifted some over the years, and and it was now way more easy. It was actually like way plausible to get in to that bottom. So uh, about 1 o'clock, we decided to take the rifles and just go walk and make sure before we lugged everything back in there you know, walk in there and see what we could find, see if there was a good sign. And, and and I kept telling Marty that morning, and I'm sure he was getting tired of me saying that, but there's a lot of pressure on this piece of public right now. Um, there hasn't been. The quota hunt is kind of one of those selective situations where uh, it goes from unpressured to pressured. And we kept saying, don't feel like we're on the X. And all the deer that were shot or seen that first morning, uh, weren't seen in those areas. A buddy of mine had, you know, the first day he'd seen an eight-point and a, I think a ten-point, I think is what he said, and a pile of spikes. Then this, this day two, he saw the eight-point and, and two spikes. And and uh, by this morning, he hadn't seen a single thing, and he was in a very good spot. And so these deer are reacting to the pressure. And I kept saying to Marty, we need to find an area that isn't getting terrorized, which is very difficult on this piece of private, uh, public and we need to find fresh sign if we can find fresh rutting sign we're on the tail end of the rut then we know that there's something worth hunting in that area the lack of hunter pressure alone might have been the ticket and so we went off set off in this bottom first couple hundred yards it was doable and then every step after that just got prettier and prettier and prettier and we got between uh this swamp and this bedding area which is about a i'd say 100 yard wide swath of ground that was just barely out of the water and dry and there were trails crisscrossing it going into the bedding area and there were rubs on fence post sized trees everywhere you looked adjacent to that bedding area and the best part about all of it was there were acorns all over the ground just all over the ground uh, water water oaks were just dropping rain and acorns and so Marty and I set up overlooking two separate trails coming out of out of the bedding area in that water and uh, no more than set up about 15 minutes. Well, we went back to camp is what I should say. Got our stuff and came back with the intention of leaving it overnight if it was good. And we creeped our way all the way in there as quiet as we could. Got set up, and f- not 15 minutes after we got set up, I had two deer, three deer, uh, two of which I believe to be does, one of which was a nice buck. Um, I only saw them through the thicket. We uh, coming through that water and uh, hit my downwind I just didn't expect him to come down that trail. And uh just came in downwind and I, and I they they she caught my scent and and she tore off and the buck kept chasing her and Marty had a couple deer come downwind down the trail we had already walked on um actually. And uh and and just there was no shot opportunity before the deer saw him because the one downside of this area is you had to hang pretty low there's there's no getting up. It's a very young area by comparison to a lot of the area around here. And so, um, sitting there and, and the wind is just kind of swirling, ain't exactly doing what you want it to, and then all of a sudden I catch movement in the bushes. Now, movement was a dozetail tail sitting straight up as she walked through the bushes, and I thought to myself, well, she's probably getting dogged, and she's probably needs, needing to be bred if that's the case. And I look behind her. And there's a really, really nice buck. It could have been anywhere between a seven to a, a eight point six to eight point somewhere in that range, but a nice frame rack. And and at this point, I've got a bunch of buck tags and it's just time to, you know, kill something. And so, uh, put down the binoculars, put the crosshairs on the cross and where the doe just came through. And, uh, when the buck comes through, either he, either he came in through a different area than, than the doe came through, or, uh, I didn't see it to begin with, but there was a thick, brushy area between me and uh that deer and i couldn't get a shot and they proceeded to move through that bedding area and the bucks just tending that doe and just just raising hell and um i mean at this point i just threw out a couple little grunts a real soft ones trying to uh i'd say like soft medium just trying to get him to come off that deer and what i don't know from this perspective because marty is is further down this bedding area for me what I don't know is that that buck is actually turned and is coming through the thicket. You said, you can see the movement. It's just in the, hear of the steps, and he's coming right to me. Going, and He was coming right to me, but to my, from my ear, the way that bottom laid out, it sounded like he was taking off. And so I gave a Hail Mary and that deer dropped his tail, shut up and just walked off. So I kind of screwed myself in that regard. Um, is what it is you know there's only so much you can do and uh but the good news is we got on deer and there weren't any hunters in that area and the does were there and the food source was there and the bedding area was there so i left my stuff there and marty climbed down because he was tired and he decided that he's going to give me this bottom for in the morning reduce our scent reduce our noise going in Uh, i got everything hung, hung up there all i gotta do is take in my rifle and my camera and uh we're gonna we're gonna give it a go in the morning i can I can tell you this much: I'm both excited and absolutely exhausted. And one of the reasons why I left my stuff in there—I'd never do that—is just so I'd be forced to get up in the morning. So I will, I will keep you guys posted. We're gonna, we're gonna eat some Red's famous burgers over here. We're gonna eat some burgers and, and have a good time and drink some drink some adult beverages and get ready for tomorrow. So, y'all stay tuned. Okay, fellas, I didn't forget to do my intro this morning so um, first person to leave camp today about 4:30, which means everybody's getting a little tired also people have been killing a pile of deer uh, which is crazy given how many hunters are in the woods but uh, got here first and uh, it's amazing how well you can sleep through pain if you're exhausted and I woke up this morning with my hip just freaking killing me but Went to bed, got some good sleep, brewed some good coffee. I've been drinking some instant coffee in the mornings, but I brewed that good good this morning, boys. Old French press and uh I'm sitting here in the truck, about to walk in. Five o'clock in the morning, shooting lights at I think six thirty, if I'm not mistaken. I got about a two, three hundred no, I think it's I don't know how long it is. Got a got a decent little walk, but it's not bad. So I'm gonna creep in there. I'm gonna let you guys know what happens, but wind is coming straight out the south looks like as it's supposed to at about six to seven miles an hour as it's supposed to and that bows really well so as long as that wind stays consistent those south winds are squirrely man they're really squirrely but if that south wind is predicted all day to be straight out the south if that holds true there's deer are still in the area which they may not be he may have pushed that doe out of that area and this all could be for naught. we're gonna find out marty's gonna Break down camp, have some breakfast ready for me when I get back. He's waiting on a, a call, and uh, this is the last hunt. I've got this afternoon to hunt as well, but I'm dog-tired. My wife is tired. She has been an absolute trooper watching watching our infant son and going to work and then attending everything, so I'm going to call it a, a day after this hunt, and hopefully that's because uh, I've also killed a deer, but it has been a blast. You know, you learn a lot on these hunts, and on, on this pod on this podcast, I've heard a lot of things. Find the fresh sign, get away from pressure, find the overlooked areas. Man, we applied so much that we learned on the show to this hunt. And it paid off last night with just seeing that buck. And honest to God, i this is gonna sound cheesy for you guys, but I, I can end this hunt hanging my hat with a good feeling because I got I laid eyes on that deer. Because I was able to apply the things that I had learned. You only get three days to hunt some of these, these little hunts down here in the deep south. And, and, you know, in Florida, it's one of those situations where you got to make the most of those three days. Three days is not a lot of time. If you're not amply familiar with that piece of public, uh, factor in all the gash darn pressure and how many people just insist on hunting the spot they want to hunt. They leave their climbers in there. Doesn't leave you a whole lot of wiggle room. Seeing that deer was just about as good as killing him. Had the crosshairs on him. Could have pulled the trigger, probably wouldn't have killed him, but I had the crosshairs on him. <sighs> I probably would have had a deflection and just wounded the deer and missed out, right? And that's, that's not how I roll either. So, I'm gonna load up the saddle. I got a real empty backpack going in. And, uh, I'm gonna start creeping my way through the woods, boys. Who knows? I might get lucky I'm gonna, <laughs> anything legal that walks out is gonna die. <laughs> Guaranteed.
2: Well guys, it didn't play out. Uh back at the truck now, packing up camp and headed home. Uh we, we gave it hell, we gave it we gave it three solid days, but uh the weather's just getting increasingly bad, hostile, wet, warm, uh thunderstorms are coming in this afternoon, and so I'm calling it uh for what it was. It was a fun time and listen, in the end we had a really good time. I set up this morning, uh got in super stupid quiet, didn't spook anything, had a really good time. Uh, you know, watching the world wake up around me, um, had some deer come in at one point, I think in the dark uh, i can 't confirm it wasn 't real convincing, but you just kind of had the feeling that that 's what was creeping through um, and uh, did some calling, did some really aggressive calling, subtle calling, all of it, just kind of throwing a hell Mary at everything and um, as I was getting down, a couple deer busted me that were inside the bedding area about fifty yards in front of me, and uh, last night, I really thought about going. And, you know, approaching that bedding area a little closer, tearing everything down and getting over there since that buck had chased those does out of there. And uh, I played it a little conservative, which is lesson learned. Um, last day of the hunt, get aggressive. And uh, I, I think if I had moved over about 50 yards, I would have killed those deer. But, uh, you know, it was a good time to, to get knocked in the teeth from the jump and then to get on deer using the things that I've learned in this podcast and, and I've brought to you guys on a weekly basis. I was able to get on deer from the jump. And that is huge uh I got on the deer from the jump struggled a little bit used some tactics on the podcast to get on him again and uh yeah I mean almost had made it happen a couple of different times which what more could you ask for and I had a good time at camp already got a good deer um it's time to pack everything up and, and get home and love on my little boy and love on my wife and and uh get ready for the next hunt so uh, I will try and do these whenever you know. Whenever I go out for a couple of days, or I set out for like an overnight event or something like that, and maybe I can do more of these. And if you guys like them, you know, let us know, uh, send us a message. We'd be glad to bring them to you more often. When I uh, get a chance, I'm going to sit down with Chase, and I think we're going to record an episode, kind of going into detail of the taxes that went into this pot, into this. uh into this hunt, what was successful, what wasn't successful, what I would do differently if I had a chance to do it all over again. We'll do a, a breakdown for that. But if you like the podcast, do us a favor and leave us a rating. Uh, if you're on iTunes, leave us a rating so that we uh, we can be found more easily. That's how uh, we we get discovered is when people give good reviews. Um, and uh, check out Patreon uh, as well. You know, Patreon helps pay for this trip. I should have mentioned that early on, but uh, you know, the gas bill uh, going everywhere it, it, it adds up, man, um, big time. And uh, we try and you productions and i filmed the majority of this hunt although it is probably going to be part of a larger video Uh, but you know you guys helping support this show helping us to go and do these things and and bring content to you guys go and do live episodes i mean it's huge and it means the world to us and so uh, i just want to say thank you to all the patreon supporters all the people who've taken the time to come on the show and impart wisdom for everybody to to learn from myself included, because I would not have gotten on deer four or five years ago when I started this podcast. I don't think I would have gone to uh, the WMA and got on deer right from the jump uh, like we did or continued to after I got kicked in the teeth. So until next time, guys, get outside and enjoy the great outdoors. Appreciate everything you guys do. And until next time, be good, be safe, try something new.